Hi, welcome to my podcast, where today I'll talk about Jesus welcoming sinners and about the proud Pharisee and the humble sinner. My name is Tim Harner. I am a Christian author and apologist, a graduate of Houghton College and of Harvard Law School, where I was an editor of the Harvard Law Review. As an attorney, my primary role has been as a general counsel. Therefore, I call the six books that I've written the General Counsel series. The first four books of the series outline the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, providing scriptural backing for the final installments of the series that outline the history of America and the history of the Church Universal. I post my latest thoughts regularly on my website, timharner.com. For this podcast, please reflect on the questions, can you think of people who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everybody else? Are there times when you have been confident of your own righteousness and looked down on everybody else? In what ways are churchgoers like the Pharisees who condemned Jesus? In what ways is the story of your life a story about you being a lost sheep, a lost coin, or a lost son? In what ways is the story of your life a story about you being a tireless shepherd who saves lost sheep? In what ways is the story of your life a story about you being a diligent housekeeper who sweeps and sweeps until you save a lost coin? In what ways is the story of your life a story about you being a compassionate parent, meaning any type of compassionate leader who humiliates themselves to save their family, meaning any type of community, including a church, a business, a nation, and a civilization. And now, as I talk about Jesus welcoming sinners and about the proud Pharisee and the humble sinner, let's pray that the Lord will let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in the sight of the Lord our God, who is our strength and our Redeemer. Today's thoughts are based on the chapters, Jesus Welcomes Sinners, and The Proud Pharisee and the Humble Sinner, in my book, Hoping in the Lord. Jesus Welcomes Sinners Why did Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, even though he knew that a shameful, agonizing death on a cross awaited him there? As with any question why, there are many different perspectives from which to answer it. But I believe that the best answer is that Jesus loved sinners so much that he was willing to pay any price to save them, even if the price was a shameful, agonizing death on a cross. Jesus' immense love for sinners shines through the three stories that are the subject of this chapter. The setting for these three stories was that the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. I'm sure that Jesus was exasperated and angry at this attitude of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. They should have been rejoicing that people were willing to change their lives and follow God. Instead, all they could do was criticize, condemn, and find fault. They were the kind of people who always loved to be muttering something bad about somebody. 
Jesus told three stories to illustrate how happy we should be when tax collectors and sinners gather around to hear Jesus teach them how to change their lives. In the first story, someone has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. The person seeks the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. The person's joy is so great that he can't contain himself. When he gets home, he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Jesus had the same reaction toward people who are lost and wandering from God. He will search for that person until he finds him or her. And when Jesus joyfully carries that person back home to the way their life should be, back home to the promised land, he knows that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. In the second story, a woman loses one of her ten silver coins. Frantically, she lights a lamp, sweeps the house, and searches carefully until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, Jesus searches diligently for each lost sinner, and when he finds one and restores that person to the kind of life they should enjoy, Jesus knows there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. In the third story, well known as the story of the prodigal son, a father's younger son demanded that his father give him his share of the inheritance even before the father is dead. The father honored the request and gave the son his inheritance. The son took the entire inheritance, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. It was fun while it lasted. Then the son faced the harsh realities of life. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. In his desperation, he took one of the most disgusting, demeaning jobs imaginable, especially for a Jew. He fed pigs. He became so hungry that he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. At last, he came to his senses. He finally realized his wickedness and foolishness. He'd run far away from a father who gave him everything to a distant land where nobody gave him anything. He said to himself, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? He decided to go back to his father and tell him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. He did more than think about changing his life. He took the first steps toward putting his life back together again. He got up and went to his father. Now we come to another one of those word pictures that tells us more about who God is, what God is like, and how God wants us to live than volumes of books about religion or hundreds of pages of my writings. 
In the chapter titled, Jesus Blesses the Little Children, the word picture was of Jesus taking small children in his arms, putting his hands on them, and blessing them. This time, the word picture is of the father welcoming his wayward son home. While the returning son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. This is the kind of father I want to be. And so, in my first letters to my children, written in the Bibles that I gave them as their first present after their birth, I let them know that I'd always welcome them home and love them no matter what they did. In Sarah's letter, I wrote, Take comfort from this assurance. No matter what you do or say, both your heavenly Father and your earthly Father will always forgive you. If you ask for mercy and are merciful to others, it will always love you, even if you do not ask for love or mercy. In Andy's letter I wrote, If you do wrong, remember that blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. No matter what you have done, you can always be forgiven by and reconciled with your Father on earth and your Father in heaven. You can always come home. And what a homecoming repentant sinners get. In Jesus' story, the Father did not rebuke his Son. He did not sit down and complain about all the money that had been wasted. The returning Son asked only to be forgiven and to become a servant of his Father. He knew he was no longer worthy to be called his Son. But his Father quickly affirmed that his Son was still his Son, not a servant. Instead of dwelling in the past, the father was going to celebrate the present. The father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. That is the kind of joyous welcome we can always expect from God whenever we come home to the promised land. Because, as impossible as it seems, God loves us even more than we love our children. The Proud Pharisee and the Humble Sinner Once again, Jesus ran into some people who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else. To show them how far they were from being truly righteous, Jesus told them a story about a Pharisee and a tax collector who went up to the temple to pray. The Pharisee was a legend in his own mind. He stood up, the normal posture for praying in that culture, and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other men robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. In the guise of thanking God for making him so good, he tried to make himself look good by making everybody else look bad. He worshipped the Lord in rules and in boasts, instead of in spirit and in truth. Therefore, the Pharisee was careful to explain to everyone listening what made him so good. 
I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. A Pharisee always thinks that being righteous enough to live in the promised land means following rules instead of blessing people. Pharisees are always looking for ways to sacrifice. This Pharisee was therefore proud that he sacrificed food and money for God. But as Jesus told some Pharisees on another occasion, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. No wonder tax collectors and other sinners loved to be around Jesus. They longed to find the mercy that they knew they needed for their sins. And so, the tax collector who went to the temple in Jesus' story stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm sure that the people listening who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else were angry when Jesus told them that the tax collector, rather than the Pharisee, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. People who ask God for mercy will heal their promised land. To apply this story of the Pharisee and the tax collector today, I think it is best to think of the Pharisee as a churchgoer, because as churchgoers, we must be ever vigilant to prevent the errors of the Pharisee from slipping into our thoughts and actions. One error of the Pharisee that afflicts churchgoers is spending our time thinking up rules of do's and don'ts. Don't make up a list of things you will sacrifice, because God desires mercy, not sacrifice. Another error of the Pharisee that afflicts churchgoers is spending our time comparing ourselves to other people who we think aren't as good as us. These other people can be people who don't come to church at all, or these people can be like the tax collector. They come to church, but stand at a distance. They don't measure up to our ideas about how people should act. Instead of wasting time thinking how bad other people are, Spend time thinking how you can become better. Then put your thoughts into action. Become great by humbling yourself like a little child. Welcome children. Receive the kingdom of God by becoming like a little child yourself. Let Jesus take you in his arms, put his hands on you, and bless you. Do not let the deceitfulness of wealth stop you from following Jesus. Love your neighbor as yourself. Help people who are hurting. Do not let the worries of life distract you from living a fruitful life. Guard against all kinds of greed. Do not be a rich fool. Rejoice when people who are lost come home. Do not look down on anybody else. Beg God to have mercy on you, a sinner. Become more than merely a churchgoer. Become a fully trained disciple of Jesus Christ. Heal your promised land. Worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Bless all other peoples in the promised land. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. 
If you did, please share it with a friend and find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as on my website, timharner.com. My book, Hoping in the Lord, contains citations to sources, including the scriptures. Until we are together again, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord turn his face toward us and give us peace.